Wisconsin Hockey Royalty Barry Richter and the men's associate head coach Mark Strobel, also Wisconsin Hockey Royalty. Morning, boyos. How we doing? What's really going good? on, boys? Oh. Um, guys, I got the backdoor man playing for you, Strobes. We're kind of keeping things, you know, like we did last week because we're creatures of habit around here and we don't want to mess up the feng shui of what you happened. The edge, man. You got to have the edge. You guys swept Notre Dame strobes. Two nothing on Friday, five to three on Saturday. Before we get into that and then preview what's happening game day today, Michigan for the at the Laban Arena. Let me start with you, Barry. How you doing today, my friend? How we living, Richter? Doing great, buddy. How you guys doing? You guys doing good? It's well, a game day, man. It's game day. I'm excited. I'm for doing really good. Team. And now that you guys are on, I don't even. I got another cup of coffee. I haven't taken a sip yet, but I'm waiting for the you know the motivational speech from from Strobes and the coach sayings from you, Barry. So I'm gonna get fired up. Strobes, how are we doing today? Well, I'm caffeinated up. I already got a, a Gavalia dark roast in me, and I'm um, <laughs> probably gonna have another sounds one expensive. here uh, shortly. Yeah, it sounds fancy, but, Strobes. So great. I didn't take you I'm for so a fancy great. guy like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was on sale at Walgreens. Man, oh. so. <laughs> it just well, sounds mind. fancy. It sounds fancy. Gavalia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Strobes, um, I'm you know Friday night. You guys beat Notre Dame two nothing. I get a message from my guy RJ over here. RJ, do you want to tell Strobes what oh. you said to me? Yeah, just watching the game because Coach Granado has been wearing hats and stuff during like all the Zoom meetings that get posted. I mean, when did that hockey flow come out? Because I don't think I've ever seen him with hair like that. Yeah, it's been the slow COVID process, man, of just uh, letting it flow for sure. I, I he uh, he's got her going for sure in the back. I, it's not it's not even a mullet like I had. I actually got her trimmed up last night over at Hair what? on Monroe Street, and uh, you know you got the double mask on, but. Um, yeah, I think he's, he looks a little younger, man. He's kind of, uh, it's, it's a good change. Whatever's working, man, leave it long. If we're 2 and oh, 0, a- can absolutely. You no. don't change that up. So I know Barry over here, Barry's got some, a nice flow on him, too. So do you, Strobe. So does Granado. My question is, you know, when you're born and your hair starts coming in, do your parents already know that you're going to be a hockey player with the flow that you have? <laughs> For sure, buddy. I mean, you know what? You, you come out with a mullet. That's how you do it, you know? All right, let's That's talk. Like a, yeah, I mean Barry, Barry, Team Handsome over here. Strobe has got the flow too. I, I actually have a hockey flow going it's on what, right now. You have to strive for what Coach Granado has. I right am. Now, I'm doing and it. I think you can do it. All right, I'm just kind of a, a, a wussy when it comes to. I don't want to get checked, so you know, I just kind of shrivel <laughs> up there. All get right. a protector. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Now you can be my protector. All right, boys, let's talk about it. Strobes, send us through the motions. You know, you go down to South Bend to take on Notre Dame. What was it like in the COVID era now of preparing and going down there for the first hockey game of the season? Yeah, you know, it was it was definitely different. We you know, we took two buses and um players and staff were spread out and you had to wear a mask all the time and you know, de- definitely uh, awkward, but again, our our focus continued to stay on the game and you know, we were very I thought uh, well prepared. The, the players executed the the game plan very well and they played hard, but you know, yeah, we went in and tested, um, you know, Friday morning, Saturday morning, and uh, you go through that protocol, and then you get your results pretty quick. And um, it was definitely just, um, you know, much more time on our hands. There was, you know, you just had to separate. But then when it came to game time, you know, our guys were ready, and I think that's what I was really uh, the most proud of. And and I and we need to continue is when the puck drops, it doesn't matter what's going on. You stay in the moment to focus your shift and. We played very physical. It was fast the first 10 minutes, and I'm sure Notre Dame, like Michigan and everyone else, including us, we've been waiting so long 
you know, since last March to play and guys have prepared and, and guys have had to go on through some adversity with, you know, um, the COVID itself and, and some other things going on in their lives with school and whatnot. But um, to me, I, I look forward to, uh, again, continuing the physical play, the, uh, you know, the, the good goaltending, the, the yeah. stout defense, and uh, us uh, having opportunistic uh, plays at the net to, to have a chance to score. I love it, man. Yeah, that goalie was just killing it for you. Uh, Barry, Mr. Richter, what did you see in that opening game, my brother? Well, and I texted Strobes, congrats. I think it was it was just great, uh, you know, as RJ stated. He saw a lot of energy from the team. He saw physical play. He had good goaltending, just stopping the puck, stopping the simple, you know, the, the, the simple shots. But also there's some tough shots that you got to stop, and you need your goaltender to make those saves. And, and you just got it from Robbie Baydoon, and that, that really helps out the penalty kill as well. So, and then, and then secondary scoring. I mean, you had guys that were scoring that, you know, that have maybe been there another year that made a little uh, more maturity under their belt and, and pot a goal and, and a goal that was needed. You look at Brock Caulfield. That was a huge goal at the end of the second period on, on Saturday, you know, and just gives the, gives the guys a, a lot of motivation when you don't just look at two or, two or three guys to score when a lot of other guys can do it when, uh, when other teams are focusing on their top-notch guys. So I was, I was, I was pretty, uh, pretty excited to see the play. Yeah, it was sure. awesome. Uh, Barry, Barry Richter and Mark Strobel joining us right now talking Wisconsin hockey. In that second Saturday game, Strobel, how did it feel to have the Badgers come out on you know, the winning ways, the winning side out of a 5-3 to three victory? Well, it felt great. And, again, it's what we've been waiting for, you know, for a few years here now. I, I think, you know, you can honestly say last year we, we may have lost that game just because, you know, there was just questions in, in the goal. And, and, you know, I think guys didn't have the confidence or the trust of each other to say, hey, we got this. And it was just definitely a different feel this year on the bench. And, and our leadership has been excellent uh, with our captains. And uh, for us, I, I truly believe it, it doesn't matter who scores the goals. It's Wisconsin needs to win. We need to play together. We need to do what we need to do in our individual, um, you know, uh, talents to help your, your teammate out and the organization out to be the best we can be. And we did that. And, you know, I, I really, uh, Barry makes a great point. I was really proud of even uh, Lindmark and Gorniak and, and Donovan, their line, and they potted a couple goals too. And as much as, you know, you go out and you pop a power play goal when you need it to, either get ahead by one or, or, or tie a ball game up, you know, those, those third and fourth line guys, when they pop one or two, it, it really helps you get over the hump with confidence and, and to have it uh, 2 nothing, 2-2, two, 3-2, two, 3-3, three, two, three, three, and then we go up 4-3 and 5-3. Um, to me, it just showed resilience and, 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 you know, the hope and obviously the confidence in your players is that that's what's expected and that's what's uh, to come, uh, you know, this weekend as well. Yeah, and going off of that, I, you talked about it last week, uh, how you guys, uh, at least in practice, were seeing a, a more patient team and a more uh, physical team than than even last year. And I think both of those things uh, showed over the weekend. Uh, we saw some hits that, you know, you were talking about last year. Uh, a couple of guys were a little reckless uh, when they were putting their hits on, but it, it seemed uh, that you have – I don't know if you want to call it a controlled anger now uh, in in some of those hits I was seeing and, and just the patience to find the... I like dialed in aggression. <laughs> there you go. That's good, too. Uh, but the patience you saw in 
uh, on the offense of actually finding the open guy rather than just trying to force some shots on goal. And I think that was evident even on the first goal uh, with uh, finding uh, uh, Weisbach uh, uh, wide open uh, on the opposite side of the ice uh, to put in a nice little uh, shot to get yeah. the scoring going for the weekend. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and again, give credit to our defensemen too. I thought they played defense, you know, and in years past, and you hate to go backwards, you got to go forward. But you know, we we would lose coverages. Guys would get in a rush and sometimes be a little too aggressive in the neutral zone. You give up odd man rushes, or you know, they're trying to lead the rush with the puck, and you would uh, you know spot a turnover. And now again, you're you're giving second and third chances to good teams in the Big Ten that'll beat you. So. I thought our defense was really solid. They boxed out well. They were physical on Notre Dame's forwards, and we're definitely going to have to be against Michigan's forwards uh, because, again, they're skilled, they're fast, they're smart, they can make plays. So we got to have a third guy coming back into the house, uh, especially through the neutral zone. But our, our D were, were really stout, and they gave Robbie a chance to see a lot of pucks early in the series. And uh, I thought he was aggressively calm, you know. And, and again, that's we just got to keep having that same recipe and build off it. Because uh, as we know, confidence can take you a long way. And as we learned last year, if you don't have confidence, you find a way to, to shoot yourself in the foot. And uh, I just was, I was impressed with our guys, how they... Um, you know, basically took care of all ends of the rink, which was all three zones. Love it. Mark Strobel and Barry Richter joining us right now talking Wisconsin hockey. I want to pick both of you guys' brains about, you know, Michigan coming up here tonight. But first, this was UW's first series sweep against Notre Dame in the Big Ten and the first since 2005. Talk about confidence, Strobes. But when you yeah, when, when you well, when you look at this, the, what just happened though? How much do you how much do you celebrate the victory until it's time? Like, hey, we got to move on and we got to go on to the next. How much time do you give this? I honestly, I think we gave it about a half hour after the game, and you know, you get a lot of texts from friends and alumni, and hey, good job, you know, keep it up and all that. And then you, you honestly, with by the time we got back to Madison at one fifteen in the morning. For me, it was it was over. I was already thinking about Michigan. We were already watching video, and, and we know how potent their offense is, and you know this they're going to bring. And they have, I think, you know, four to six first rounders, or a couple potential, you know, uh, drafts here coming up in the draft. They're going to be first rounders, but they're they're going to be fast. They remind me of a lot of our team last year with the hype and the the superstar mentality. But we know what can happen there if. You don't play as a team. So we're going to have to be physical on those guys. But for the most part, I, I, I think we shelved it pretty quick. And, you know, we th- our program hadn't played Notre Dame a lot uh, in, in the 2000s or even in the 90s. So when the Big Ten Conference, you know, aligned and they let Notre Dame in, it was, you know, probably as, you know, what, five, six years ago. So that stat's a little off. But in the same sense, and Barry knows this, it's hard to sweep on the road. You expect to. But, you know, a lot of times, as Coach Sowers tell us, man, if you can win your home games and split on the road, you're usually getting an NCAA bid. And uh, I was, I would always counter that, saying, man, I want to win every game we play, Coach. It doesn't matter, you know, if it's a it's a pond in in Minnesota or a outdoor rink in Alaska, man. Let's let's win them all. But you know, as you coach now, it is hard. It's hard to win on the road because of things that can happen and and bounces that occur, or maybe a call that doesn't go your way. So to get a road sweep to start confidence you ride it now you come home and i'm really excited about playing at Lebon. it's a little smaller you know michigan's um obviously quick but it's going to give us our quickness as well 
to get the pucks uh, up faster as well, and, and there's just not so much room to be able to delay or, or um, you know, have to, have to carry a defensive zone coverage late into a space. Now we can get to people early, and uh, I think things will happen much quicker. Yeah, Barry, let me ask you, man, uh, before I, I talk about this crazy schedule you guys got coming up for, with a Strobel, but Barry, let me ask you, man, what was it like watching with, and then Strobel, same question to you, but as a different perspective, Barry, what was it like watching, uh, you know, the sweep happening, but there's no fans in the stands? And then Strobel, what was it like for you being there with no fans in the stands? We'll start with you, Richter. Yeah, well, I've always said this. I think, like, when, once the game starts and the, and the puck drops, you really don't, and you're on the ice, you don't, you don't even know what's going on. And we talked about that in the NHL yeah. playoffs. Like, you just, you're so focused on the game, it's because it's so fast and everything going on, you have no idea what the game is played, right? And then maybe, you know, on a shift or if there's a TV timeout, maybe you look around and you say, and you're probably like, oh, geez, there's no <laughs> one around, you know. But there is definitely momentum that can happen with uh, the home team. And uh, you definitely hear when the crowd is going nuts. And then it does, you know, and it also brings a little pressure when you're on the road, when you're gripping the stick a little bit and the crowd's all over you, you, you know, you get a little bit nervous. So it can go both ways, but when in, in the moment, when you're in the moment on the ice, you're just reacting, right? So that, that's how I look at it when I played. It was, I didn't matter if I was playing 20, in front of 2,500 or 20,000. It was just still just you have to react and, and, and just uh, it's such a fast game that you have no time yeah. to think like, you know, hey, hey, how you, you know, Barry, hey, Cam, how you doing up the stands? When that Richter <laughs> pond behind your house freezes over, I'll come and boo you on the ice, okay? There you go, buddy. I can't <laughs> or, wait. Or cheer, yeah, or cheer. Lace them up. <laughs> a Strobel, what was it like uh, out there? You know, could you yell at kids a little better to you know motivate them, or because oh yeah, you? You, de- you definitely heard uh, you know uh, things much clearer. Um, you know, certainly on the ice without fans, it was colder in the rink. That was interesting. You know, we we could definitely feel the uh, the chill because you know there was nobody breathing in there to kind of heat things up. But in in the same sense, Barry's right on the button there. I mean. Uh, our guys focused right on the game. They they wanted to play somebody for a long time. You know, we hadn't played since last March, and it's a long time of guys, you know, running and training and lifting weights and skating and playing each other, and they're like, man, we want to play somebody else. We want to compete. And and I think they zoned in in their minds going, hey, I got to win the next faceoff. I got to know my assignment. If we win the draw or lose a draw, I got to know what the forecheck is and, and uh, support, you know, uh, where I'm going and, and – Basically, uh, in golf, all the things that we talked about, you know, throughout the last few months for that 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 first opening weekend, and they did that. So, um, I I didn't really see it as a factor, but um, again, we're now coming home, we're not going to have fans either. Yeah. So, it's going to be in the moment. It's going to be we're competing, man. It's it's still Michigan against Wisconsin. It's still you know points on the line, and um, guys are going to fight tooth and nail. There's no question about it, but. As we talked early in, in, in the in the pre-conversation, you know, when we played Pearl Bear and I, and, and you play three games and three nights in the American League, even man, you know, you you have to rest your body. You got to keep your mind sharp. You got to you know shelf one team and and yeah. refocus on another because they may have a different forecheck, they may have a different goalie, uh, they may have different tendencies. So I think that's the experience you can bring as a coach in those moments too. Is 
you know, um, they, they pop right back to you like second nature. Well, Strobes, I'm looking at your schedule here, and, you know, last couple of questions here before I let you guys go. I thank you so much for your time as we're talking to Barry Richter and Mark Strobel. I'm looking at the schedule. I'm tired just looking at it. Starting tonight, Michigan, Friday, Michigan, then on Monday, Tuesday, Penn State, and then on uh, November 28th, Saturday, and then the 29th, Sunday, Arizona State, all at the Laban Arena. Six games in this limited amount of time. My God. What's your... <laughs> How are you guys going to make it through this stretch? You got a lot of well, sleeping or something, or what? Yeah, you might see uh, twenty-four hockey players bobbing in Lake Mendota, taking a cold <laughs> tub uh, every now and then. Well, that might be uh, the recipe, but no. Again, it's going to have to be rest. It's going to have to be nutrition. It's going to have to be uh, really a hyper focus and and uh, guys, you know, shelving a, a, a great shift and shelving a bad shift, and and again. The, the good news is we got some veteran players that know these teams, and we know how we know how Michigan plays, we know how Penn State plays, and we know how Arizona State plays. And the good news too is we've already seen Arizona State on film because they played Michigan, so you can kind of get uh, two for one there as nice. far as the strategy as a coach and to break that down. But um, this is really going to have to be in segments too, and, and with you know the COVID situation being fluid, you know you got to take uh, you know. Seriously, one shift at a time. Those cliches are so true now because you're 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 hoping you can get through these games and um, making sure that teams can still get in here and and protocol is you know still on our side to be able to play these games. So I think for us, it's literally tonight, tomorrow, and then uh, you know we go from there. So have you guys talked about like Thanksgiving? I know I know like players aren't like probably leaving, but are you guys going to do like a team Thanksgiving? Because you, normally I'd be like, oh my god, you know. The kids are going to get fat and sassy if they're going to eat all that turkey, but you guys got so many games, I think all those calories aren't going to be a problem. You guys going to do like a team Thanksgiving? You know, it hasn't really even been discussed yet, and, and, I, and being truthful with you, I don't, I don't, uh, we, we don't know yet. I think for yeah. us it's just been let's, let's play Michigan tonight, let's, let's uh, get to tomorrow and uh, get that weekend uh, uh, you know, taken care of, and then we'll decide, obviously, as a staff and certainly talk with our captains about man you know best best practices here with the athletic department and everything else you are a pros pro strobel don't there's even, a lot going on out there don't you know? even think about thanksgiving we got michigan on the docket for tonight baby we got wolverines <laughs> we're gonna be yep. still got penn hey, state before yeah, yeah and penn state we got before some nitty lions on the menu too yum nom 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 yep. all right before hey, I'm, I'm all everything was salt man i'm fine with it i, I need <laughs> eat Wolverine all day long, and I can eat uh, Nittany Lion all day long, Love too. It. Sun, Devil, Sun Devil might uh, be a little pokey in the throat, but I'll eat that, too. Be a little, I think it sounds like it'd be a little dry, Strobe, a little dry, you know. Before I let you guys go, yeah, Richter. Little stick. <laughs> yeah, you're going to use that as a fork. Richter, Barry, what's the go-to, what's the best, besides turkey, what is the best Thanksgiving side? Oh, you know what it is, buddy. It's Lessa. Yeah, my man Barry. <laughs> Strobes, Strobes, you a Lessa guy? I don't even know what Lefts is, oh but I was going to say I was going to say a good Cabernet from my Napa Valley. That's my side. Strobes, you're not Norwegian, are you? <laughs> no, no, German. I got a lot of German blood in me. Barry, so. Barry. All we got to do is we got to have. Well, I'll have my grandma make Strobes some Lefts. All right, Barry. Grandma Evil, some authentic Lefts, yeah. homemade. It's a Norwegian delicacy. I'm willing to try it. Well, hey, I want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. And uh, maybe you can enjoy some of that cab, you know, on Thanksgiving. And Barry, maybe you can enjoy some of that left side. Thanks so much, boys. And Strobes, go get them uh, tonight uh, against Michigan. All right, brother?
Thanks so much. Stay safe and healthy and really appreciate you having too, man. us. Barry, you're All the right, man. Boys. Take care, boys. There Take they care. Are. There. Legends. Legends right there. Barry Richter, Wisconsin Hockey Royalty, and Mark Strobel, the associate head coach. Let's go back at it. I uh, hit up this guy. I'm like, hey, you want to come on the show talk about the Bucks? And that was before the news of Bogdan Bogdanovich. We welcome in from the Wisco Sports Show. You can hear him here on The Zone at 4 to 6. Also, our sister station, WKTY in Lacrosse. Grant Bills. Grant Dalla Dalla Bills, y'all. What's up, Grant? Oh, just having a wonderful morning. I got my cup of coffee, and, and life could be worse. How are you, Ebo? I, I have a cup of coffee, too, and um, I don't know how to process the phone call that just happened that you know that preceded you, but it was about Dodgeville and, and me growing up and family members. I'm just trying to move on from it, so we're going to move on, Grant. You said you're loving life, but it sounds like there's some, some thinly-veiled sarcasm in there. I know you're a big Bucks guy. You're also a big Sacramento Kings guy. That's your second favorite team, correct? Yeah. So yeah. what's happening with Bogdan Bogdanovich as now I thought the sign-and-trade deal was all a go, sending Ersan Ilyasova, DJ Wilson, Dante DiVincenzo to the Kings for Bogdanovich and uh, James. Now it sounds like Bogdanovich is going to dip his toe into the free agent market. Like, what, what's happening here, Grant? What's, what's, what's happening? I, don't, I have no idea. Okay, so it's one of two things. Either the Kings and the Bucks really botched this and there was never an agreement in the first place, and it was leaked or it was reported and it, and it truly never happened, that would be terrible. That's embarrassing for both parties. Or they did this and then they realized they weren't supposed to do it yet because it would be considered tampering. So they're like, well, no, 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 no nothing yet. Um, he's going to hit free agency as scheduled. And then maybe they cover their tracks and then do the deal anyways. It's one of those two things. But, Evo, I'm frustrated because the rest of the NBA – it seems to have such a problem with this. And I will play the small market victim card here. I, I'm, I'm going to throw it down on the table right now. If Pat Riley, if Pat Riley is losing sleep over the Bucks, getting a 6'7 shooting guard from Serbia that no one's ever heard of other than me and, and <laughs> hardcore NBA fans, then Pat Riley can go pound sand. Whoa. Okay? Well, the Bucks they tampered. Well, shut up. It's Bogdan Bogdanovich. It's not like they're tampering for AD. Okay? <laughs> Let the Bucks have this one. Like, that's how I feel if this is a tampering-related mess that we're into. Like, it, oh, my God, it makes me mad. Okay, so, so mad. Grant, Grant, the, the glass half full is that they're just trying to save face on tampering. But what yeah. what happens if this trade actually is not going to happen and you got – I love Ursan Ilyasova. You got Ursan Ilyasova, mm-hmm. who just is a lifetime buck, Dante DiVincenzo and DJ Wilson coming back to the Bucks compound being like, hey, guys, how are we doing? Did John Horst just royally screw this up? Is Giannis still going to sign that Supermax? Well, I mean, I, I like John Horst. I think he's really good at his job. So if this falls through, I'm sure they have a plan B, C, D. I mean, this offseason was too important to not have a plan for just about every scenario. So I, I have confidence that John Horst will make the best out of what he has to work with. Um, look, Dante DiVincenzo, is, he's an exciting young player. Like, if, if, the, if the Bucks are forced to, to take Drew Holiday and bring back Dante and he's a part of the rotation, okay, I'll, I'll cheer for Dante and I'll be a fan for Dante. Ursan and DJ Wilson don't do anything for me. I used to love DJ Wilson. It's just Whoa. he's not. He, no, he, there's not. There's nothing hang on, there. Hang on a second. Did you just say yeah. Ursan Ilyasova does nothing for you? Have you ever seen the man take a charge like Ursan Ilyasova? Uh, it's it's the same thing with Brad Davis. The like, Turkish gotta, Thunder ear sanity. We all joked about Ursan like, well, he'll be back on the Bucks. Don't worry. Like we were all <laughs> making the jokes. We just didn't think it would be what three days later. Like, I, we should have seen this coming, right? Because we all thought, well, don't worry, Ursan somehow will find his way back to the Bucks, And then, of course, he did. 
two or three days later. Like, this is the most predictable thing ever. I just want to be very clear here. I am not joking when I talk about my love of Ursan Ilyasova. I just, I just want, to, <laughs> I want to make that crystal clear. That's like one of my favorite books of all time. The man, it's still the second era of Ursanity. Um, Grant, I love Ursan. He's a cult hero. Come on, brother. He's a Hall of Famer for the Bucks. Who else I, takes I a charge like that? I know you were very serious about your Bloody Marys, and you're very serious about Ursan Ilyasova. These are two things that I never mess with you uh, when it comes to those topics. Eva, can I? Hang I, on, I, real, I real, real quick, Grant. Real quick, Grant. I think yeah. my Bucks fandom peaked when Zaza Pachulia and Ursan uh, Ilyasova were on the court together. <laughs> oh my God! I mean, that's, that's that's great for you. You can enjoy just about any any version of the Bucks. Then, Evo, I gotta ask you because yeah. I don't know if you want to talk Packers or what else. You I want do. To talk real yeah. quickly. Did you watch the NBA draft last night? I watched none of it. Okay, I watched the first three <laughs> picks. I watched the first three picks, and I I had to turn it off. Not because I was busy or had anything else to do, but last night should be a celebration for these young men. They're getting drafted, right? I had to hear about so many dead relatives. Oh my god! I, I had to, I, I couldn't take it, Evo. And I'm and normally I can get in. I I can buy into a sob story like this, but it's like, well, your grandma died. How did that shape you as a man? And then the whole room, the family that's celebrating, they all have to get real serious. Well, you know, my grandma taught me hard work, blah, blah, blah. Or, or like the stories about, well, you haven't played organized basketball in four months. You know, how is this <laughs> adversity shaping? Nobody's done anything fun since the pandemic started. Nobody is happy right now. And me, who had a terrible day yesterday because Bogdan News broke in the middle of my show, so I couldn't enjoy anything we talked about because I had to talk about the Bucks losing out on one of my favorite players. I had to go home and hear about dead relatives and COVID. I hate. I hated Grant, the draft last night. I hated. It. You're in a tough spot right now, brother. I can hear it in your voice, man. And the reason why I didn't watch much of the draft is, or any of it, is because of that reason alone. Because in the NFL draft, all you heard about was like. This young man had to step over dead bodies as he walked to the basketball court to practice yeah. or to the football field to practice. Yeah, It's like, dude, the guy grew up in a house that's worth like half a million dollars. I don't think yeah. his life was that hard. Let's just calm down a little bit. All right, so Grant, um, you're in a tough spot right now. I understand that. I was listening to the Wisco Sports Show yesterday, and I you had a guest on, and it was, mm-hmm. and I texted you about her. I'm like, who, yeah, who is this person? She sounds very informative. And I said, mm-hmm. are you hollering at her? And you said, well, what what do you mean hollering at her? I'm like, are you giving the, her the old Grant Bills charm while she's on air breaking down the Green Bay Packers? And then, because, Grant, you told me the story where you went out on a date with this girl, and you were talking yeah. about I'm sorry if I'm outing you right now. And you were talking <laughs> about it on air, and she was listening, and she got mad about it. My question yeah. is, is Grant Bills using the charm out there to get guests on his show? Because she sounded very knowledgeable on the Green Bay Packers. How'd you do it, Grant? Well, look, if I'm using my charm to get guests on the show, I'm doing a terrible job because my email with potential guests is like one out of ten. I don't get it, Evo. I, I try, I'll, I'll name drop you. I'm like, hey, my show is on in Madison, all caps, Madison, all caps, bold. It's like, come join me, talk about the Bucks. Nothing. Like, Perry is an amazing guest because she will come on whenever I ask her. She's really excited to do it, and she's really, really good at her job. But you'd be amazed. Half, over half the guests I ask, they just they don't give me a response or – like, it's just a pain in the butt. So if my charm is working to get Perry on the show, it is only working to get Perry on the show. And she's one of my favorite guests in the podcast that's available. Um, but, yeah, she's great, isn't she? She is. Well, Nelson's got some yeah, great Yeah, just some advice for you. I don't know if I would necessarily listen to Ebo when it comes to uh, women advice because the last time he tried to give me that on Sunday, she turned out to be like 60. Oh, yeah, Grant. Well, I, I've been out of the game since 2007. <laughs> I've been with my now wife now, so it's been, you know, 13 years, Grant. 
I was yeah. it was before the internet dating and whatnot. I got her the old school way. But yeah, we were pulling up to the casino in Dubuque on Sunday, and I. I saw this like this beacon of hope for Rowdy as like something that Nelson over here could maybe spit a little game at. And no. the closer we got, the no. older she got. Turned out, I was like, it could have been Nelson's grandma out there. I was like, oh yeah, sorry, Nelly, we're not going to be spitting his, game. His at- facial recognition is not uh, <laughs> shooting at a hundred percent right now. I mean, Ebo, it's better that she was older than you thought rather than the other extreme. So That's I will, true. I will give you credit there. Yeah. Well, Nelson, Nelson didn't want. I mean, milfs, sure, gilfs for Nelly. Out of the question, I found out. All right, Grant, so <laughs> about the Packers, what do you think is going to happen on Sunday uh, against the Colts? Uh, I think Phillip Rivers is a turd, and I think he'll play him <laughs> as a turd. The, the problem isn't Phillip Rivers. It's everybody else. Like, Evo, this Colts team is the exact type of team that's really beaten up on the Packers the last few years. Physical on both lines. They run the game fast. Like, Darius Leonard's a fast, hard-hitting linebacker. This Colts team is really physical. And I'm really worried that the Packers are going to go to Indy on Sunday and get punched in the mouth and fall down early and not be able to recover. And we're going to have another one of these Niners, Buccaneers, Chargers situations. That's what I'm I'm worried about. Now, if the Packers win on Sunday, man, that would that would go a long way in proving that they've gotten better and they're they're taking the right steps and they're becoming a more physical team. Yeah, I, I just don't feel great about that happening. I don't know what the spread is. I don't know who I'd pick right now, but I'm I'm Packers are one one and a half point underdogs. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm yeah, one and a half point dogs. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know who I'd pick, but I'm certainly worried about the Colts for every reason other than Philip Rivers because Philip Rivers and the Colts are undefeated when Rivers doesn't throw an interception this year. So the 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 important part becomes putting pressure on him, getting him off his spot. So I assume Mike Pettin to avoid rushing the passer like it's the plague on Sunday because that's typically what he does. He doesn't do the obvious important thing. And I kind of expect them to run the ball down the Packers' throat and Phillip Rivers to slice the defense apart. I, I'm scared the Packers are going to get just punched in the jaw on Sunday like we've seen a couple times in the last year. You are in a tough spot today, aren't you, Grant? This Bogdanovich thing has got you twisted in all kinds of ways. Dude, it's, it's Phillip Rivers. Way. He's playing like a guy that has no- – oh, yeah, he does have nine kids. He's playing like a guy that has nine kids that hasn't had sleep in years. <laughs> Don't worry about Phillip Rivers. If anything, you got to worry about the, the rushing attack for uh, the Colts because yeah. Mike Pettin, you could tell Mike Pettin will rush the ball, run the ball every play, and Pettin will still put Preston Smith in coverage. Hope you pick oh the pines this week. <laughs> the Packers could not be bothered to stop the run if it would save our republic, if it would bring world peace, or if it would cure coronavirus. They'd be like, no, still, we're, we're going to draft an, another, I don't know, offensive tackle. Like, I don't know. So. Grant, you you are pretty funny when you're pissed off. You know that? I like this. I like a pissed off Grant Bills. I'm always angry on my show. It's more entertaining. I was happy about Bogdan for an hour, and then the universe had to come crashing back down. See, you get angry and start joking a bunch. Rowdy gets angry and just clams up. we got to, like, marry you two together somehow. It'll be a, that'll be a good combination of people. Grant, besides the Packers and the Bucks, are you just going to get angry from 4 to 6 a day and scream into the mic? Um... I don't know what I'm going to talk about. We're, we're going to get our hands around the Bogdan situation, and we're going to be calm, collected, and composed. That's that's what I'm going to say. We're going to get our hands around this, talk about it like adults. We're not going to yell. We're not going to lose our temper or whine or play the victim. We're, we're going to attack this like adults starting at 4. We'll see how long that lasts. I doubt I can make it until 6. Well, I'm glad you could get it all off your chest uh, joining us today, Grant. We appreciate your time, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me, Evo. Have a good one, guys. I got Stevie Ray Vaughan for your outro music, Grant, so there you go. Love it. Thanks, man. I see you, buddy. There he is. Grant Bills. Wisco Sports Show. Check them out four to six here on the zone or at our sister station in La Crosse, WKTY. Welcome in from Forbes.com. 
God's gift of Packers reporting, Rob Reichel. Robbie, what's up, brother? How you doing, pal? I'm doing good, Rob. I'm on cloud nine today. Um, a lot of confusion going on with the Bucks. We got that's troublesome, but whatever. We got the Wisconsin basketball schedule though, out, Robbie. So I'm feeling good, baby. How are you doing? You got a top ten basketball team and a top ten football team. That's that that that's pretty darn exciting. I'm I'm not sure if anybody else in the country can say that. Yeah. Then we got the Packers sitting on top that NFC North, Rob. If everything's feeling pretty good in Wisconsin, unless you're a guy named John Horst when it comes to whatever happened with that Bogdanovich guy. You so, know what? And I, and I will still say this, and 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 I and I like to beat up on the Bucks. I'll be honest. I'll be the first one to say that, Evo. But kudos to them for you know at, at least trying and going all in you know, to to keep their best player since Lou Alcindor uh, around. Will it be enough? Who knows? Um, will, will, will this Bogdanovich trade actually happen again? Who knows? And you know, I I imagine they'll they'll look for another piece if if that falls through. But. Yeah. But they couldn't bring back that same cast of characters. No, you know, if they brought back that band again. That 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 that's a tired old song. We we saw that song, you know, and and, and that album the last couple of years absolutely flopped. Yeah, so it, Rob, it, it, the the Bucks, the Bucks of that roster. It was like you go to a concert and the concert's really good, right? You just had an awesome concert, and then the band leaves the stage, and you think there's going to be an encore. And you're waiting there, and you're cheering, you're having a good time. You know they they haven't played a couple of their hits yet, and you're waiting for that encore. But the band never comes back out. That's like the playoffs of them not even like coming back out to play. You know what I'm saying? That's a terrific analogy, Evo, and it, it, it left the whole state scratching their head. And 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 I've told people the last few years, you know, who who get so crazy about the regular season that the regular season is absolutely irrelevant in the in the NBA when it's compared to playoffs. The, the playoffs are a totally different season. It's a totally different game, and the Bucks just weren't. The Bucks just weren't equipped to go win a championship with 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 that roster. Um, they, they have a head coach that loves to play 10, 11, 12 guys. They're almost better off just giving them seven evil. Um, <laughs> that, that 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 that's what a playoff roster is, and they're going to potentially give them the best starting five in in basketball, and they'll fill in a couple of pieces and. And then I'll just tell you what, he better play that Greek freak 45 minutes a game in the playoffs, not 30. You ain't and, lying, uh, Robbie. And go from there. So, But we're not here to talk bucks, are we? No, no. We're here to talk the green and gold, my man. So, Rob, uh, let's recap a little bit that win over the Jaguars. Um, a lot left to be desired, right? But they got a win. A win's a win, a win. But what did you see in that win over the Jags for the pack? Not much, obviously, to, 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 to get uh, a fan base excited. Obviously, the good news when it, was, when it was all said and done is Seattle lost that day and it left Green Bay and New Orleans tied for the best record in the, in the NFC. And, and, and Green Bay, having won the head-to-head back in, in week three, is now the number one seed in the NFC. And I, I think, as everybody knows, it, it, the, the NFL right now has gone to seven playoff teams in, in each conference, up from six the past 20 years or so, and uh, right now that, that means Green Bay would be the only team there, Evo, with, with a bye, and, and that, that's going to be huge. Those other six will battle it out on, on in, inside the NFC that, that first weekend, and it, that, that, that's if seeds would hold. Green Bay would, would be number one and, and have off, and, and we've talked about this on the show before, Evo. The, the last seven games of the year here, four at home, three on the road, certainly aren't overly daunting. I mean, the Colts are a playoff team right now. Tennessee is not. The Bears are not, and they play them twice. Carolina is not. The Lions are not. And, and who, you know, even if the Eagles are in the playoffs, they're a garbage team. So, I mean, the, the, the last seven games here, Evo, are, are very favorable for the, for the Packers to find themselves 
you know, it's sitting at 13 and three or whatever when, when this is all said and done there. I, I, I haven't looked in the last couple of days. I believe there's still a slight underdog Sunday yep. uh, going, going to Indianapolis, but that'll be the only time moving forward. Evo, they're, they're going to be an underdog and, um, you know, that's going to be a field goal game in all likelihood on, on Sunday. And I, I think moving forward from there with four of the last six at home, weather in your favor, uh, going against some teams that are looking to 2021 already, Bears, Lions, whoever it turns out to be, Panthers, um, they're going to see some backups in games like that. So, again, Sunday, nothing to get excited about. I, I, they did what they had to do. I thought the defense closed the game strong. And, and uh, Nelly's boy, Rashawn Gary, showed up when it mattered most, <laughs> which I think is encouraging yep. uh, for Packer Nation. I mean, you, you certainly want the 12th pick in a, in a draft to uh, eventually make some strides, and, and, I, and I think he's doing that, and, and he might continue. We'll see. He's got he's to put three, four, five games in a row together yes. for anybody to get super excited. But, um, you know, again, they, they did it against a backup quarterback, a, a rookie running back, a, a, a team without, it's, it's, you know, one of its best wide receivers. I mean, the, the Jags were beat up a little bit. I, I think the Jags brought 19 rookies to Green Bay on, on Sunday is what, what the number was, Evo. So, I mean, it's, it's obviously a, a, a pretty bad football team. They're going to be drafting in the top five when it's all said and done. But, again, Green Bay did what it, what it had to do, and it, it's a long season you're you're not going to be at your best every single week. Those those are just the games yeah. you have to avoid losing. All right, uh, Rob Reichel joining us right now, Forbes.com. Rob, I want to talk about that Colts game upcoming, but first, something maybe the Packers looked a little uh, ho hum because they were distracted. Because around like the third quarter, they announced that David Bakhtiari signed, you know, the deal to become the the most uh, highest paid lineman in NFL history. Maybe they were distracted by the Brinks truck that was pulled up for Bakhtiari. Uh, with Bakhtiari getting his money, was this the, the right move for the Packers when you have Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley, Aaron Jones, you know Kevin King, Jamal Williams and company? Was it the right move to ink him up with that money? It's really hard to let a, a potential Pro Bowl left tackle get out of town. Um, so I'm going to say yes, but, but again, had they taken the approach, Evo, where Billy Turner's their left tackle or Elton Jenkins a year from now, and they fill in those other pieces, and instead they had brought back Corey Lindsley, Aaron Jones, and, and and maybe one of those other guys you mentioned, whether it's Jamal or Kevin King or or whoever, with with the money they gave Bakhtiari. And again, that that's going to turn out to be twenty three million a year. They, they get they get a break next year on the salary cap. He's only going to cost about eleven against the cap, and and a lot of that money then comes due later on, probably when Aaron Rodgers is off the books by twenty twenty two. Um, is, is how that contract is, is clearly structured. But um, I, I think it's the right move moving forward, Evo. I, uh, they believe certainly they can find running backs. They, they can fill in the blanks with, with cheap guys like a Lucas Patrick or what have you on, on the offensive line. But what, is, you know, what, what it's done, Evo, is, is they're going to have to move on now clearly from these other players. They've only got 40 guys under cap. Uh, under the salary cap are signed for for the 2021 season, and it already leaves them Evo 16 million dollars over the cap. Um, so not only do they really have no chance now to bring back the remaining free agents unless they can get a really cap friendly deal on them for 2021, um, they will also have to cut two or three players to get under the salary cap then to fill out that roster. Hmm. I don't want to bore all the listeners, but, but only your top 51 contracts count against the salary cap. 
Right now they have 40 under contract. So, Evo, they, they have to find a way to get 11 more guys signed. They're $16 million over the cap, so they probably need to knock $25 million off of their current cap for next year to even get the roster filled out to 51. And that doesn't count Jones, King, Lindsley, some of these other guys that, that you mentioned right here. So, but, you know, signing back the area, I think, was necessary, Evo, but they're going to pay a price for it. They're going to let a lot, a lot of these other guys walk out of town. Crazy. Uh, yeah, the Packers are going to be looking uh, really different coming up here. Rob Reichel joining us right now from Forbes.com. All right, Robbie, so uh, let's advance the story. The Indianapolis Colts, Packers are going down there. Now, Rodgers can't blame the, the wind, the rain, and the length of the grass anymore. They're in a controlled environment. <laughs> what do you see happening uh, when it comes to this matchup against the Colts? Packers are favored, or I'm sorry, the Colts are favored by a point and a half. Uh, they got a guy we know, Jonathan Taylor, Philip Rivers. You know he's ancient now. But what scares you the most about this Colts team for the Packers? Probably the defensive side of the ball, and and you know they don't get a lot of publicity down there. I don't know if it's because they're in the heartland or because they're nine and seven, ten and six every year. But but top to bottom, Evo, this roster is as good as any in football if you, if you eliminate the quarterback. And if if Andrew Luck had not retired on them and what was that, August of 19, um, right before the season started. We're talking about the Colts and the Chiefs probably dominating the NFC, and, and obviously the Steelers are having a great year. But probably we're talking about Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, and those two franchises dominating the AFC for the next five years. I mean, the Colts really have an outstanding roster, top to bottom, Evo. They, they just don't have the quarterback. They, they went with Jacoby Brissett last year. That clearly didn't work out. Phillip Rivers has been, you know, a, a minor upgrade, um, 11 touchdowns, I think seven picks. His rating's about 94. So he's, he's been better, but, but this isn't Phillip Rivers of 2009 or 2012 or, or whatever. Like you said, he's, he's certainly long in the tooth and not the player he once was. I, I think the scariest part that, that you mentioned, Ebo, is, is the defense. Um, I think they're number one by a mile. Um, in, in, in total yards, they're, they're number three, I think, in pass defense, maybe number two or three in rush defense. I, I think they're in the top two or three in, in points allowed. Um, so every key statistical category, Evo, that they're, they're terrific in. Um, excuse me. They, they picked up Buckner from San Francisco to solidify that defensive line at the start of the year. They might have the, you know, one of the top three or four linebackers in football and Darius Leonard. That secondary has been outstanding. So it's, it's going to be a huge test for Green Bay, Evo, from, from this standpoint. The Packers have piled up really nice numbers this year uh, on the offensive side of the football against some of the dregs of society in, in the National Football League, right? Jacksonville's 31st in defense. The Falcons are 30th. Houston's 29th. Detroit's 27th. Minnesota's like 25th. I mean, some of the, some of the teams Green Bay is, has gotten nice and fat and healthy on are, are, are these kind of nonsense defenses that they've played. Well, this, this is a Tampa Bay-like defense. I mean, we saw what the Buccaneers did to the Packers back in, you know, whatever that was, week six or something like that. Um, it's a huge test for Green Bay, Evil. Yeah. If, if they can go down there and score 30 points and, and the defense plays well enough to win, I, I, I think it's a signature win, and, and they need one of those because guys like you and I have been saying for the last couple of years here, that's great. They were 13-3 and three in, in 2019. That That's great. They're seven and two right now and and on track to be the number one seed in the nfc but we keep saying what are you going to do against the big boys in the league and and 
and when they've matched up against some of these big boys, Ebo, it hasn't gone real well. This is this isn't one of the top five teams, but it's a top eight to ten team, and um, you know it, it it would be a it would be a very big win for Green Bay to go down there and steal one. Love it, Rob. Uh, will they be able to get a win if they have these guys playing or not playing? Uh, Devontae Adams kind of said they're taking some precautions with his ankle. It's not nine one one. He said, uh, "Do you think Devontae Adams will play? And do you think uh, Alan Lazard, who has been activated, will be able to see the field?" Well, Lazard's going to play. The question is how much, and that's probably predicated on how much Adams plays, um, if Adams plays at all. I, you know, I, I know they, they sang his praises over there last week. A lot of people thought he was done in the fourth quarter there when, when, when he left the game and he put himself back in and eventually caught the, the game-winning touchdown. Only Devontae Adams knows that pain level, and, and I get the risk-reward there, Evo, um, you know, on, on trying to go ahead and, and play Adams this week. You give him an extra week. Uh, let him get healthy for that, that Bears game on Sunday night the following week and, and for the stretch run. Now that you have Lazard back, um, you know, you're, you're not terrible then with Lazard and MVS and, um, you know, the tight ends and the running backs, but it certainly makes it far more challenging. My guess is Adams will give it a go. I, again, Evo, though, I don't know that he finishes. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, that, and that's the big question. Uh, what, 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 what is his threshold on pain it, it, it clearly is extremely high that he put himself back in the in the game last week um you know but but can he get through a full game I, I think that'll be the real question um you know from the Packers standpoint if they did rest him a week Evo and and got him totally right again and they found a way to steal a game it's it, it's a win-win but but I think because this is a pretty big game Evo they're, they're going to roll him out there and and give it a try you you might not see 65 snaps of Devontae Adams you might see 35 and uh, and Lazard is is back part of that three man rotation then at, at wide receiver. So no, I, I I think Adams gives it a go. It sounds like Kevin King's gonna get gonna play. Evo, <laughs> you sure? It like, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Am I sure? Yeah, you know, he, he, he's playing about. Is he out of the body cast? Oh my lord! I mean, I people say, boy, what are they going to do next year without Kevin King? I said the same thing they've done the last four years. You know? <laughs> yeah, Nelson with, figured it out. How many sna- How many games has he played? He, it, regular season games so far in his career, Rob, he's played about 60% of them. Yeah, I tweeted that out last week, too. And now he's, exactly, yeah. That, that I think that's exactly the number. It was 59%. It's, I mean, it, it's unbelievable. And, and, it, and it's actually gone up because he was only 15 in his, out of 32 in his first two seasons, <laughs> which, is, which is sad. Uh, you know. So, yeah, they'll – they won't have a real problem moving yeah. on from. Well, Kevin. Robbie, I always like Mike McCarthy saying is the best thing you can be is available. Thousand percent. People beat up on AJ Hawk and uh, you know for for ten years in Green Bay, but AJ Hawk was on the field every every single Sunday, good no or doubt. bad, I guess. Yeah. You know, same with Blake Martinez, right? People wanted to pick at Blake Martinez. Blake Martinez didn't miss a snap. So, um, but it sounds like they'll have their corners right with Alexander and with King, and and that and that's a big step up. So I. I I think across the board they'll be relatively healthy, Evo, and um, you know the, the, this this is a marquee matchup. This, this is a huge game on Sunday. Yeah. All right, Robbie. Before I let you go, my brother, what's the score going to be? You've been pretty spot on this season. What's it going to be, Rob Reichel? Well, I think I'm eight and one. I missed the Viking game when they when they yep. lost at yep. home. Yep. Yep. Uh, You've been crushing it. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I haven't given this a ton of thought, but I do think Indianapolis wins the game. To me, 
to me, Evo Green Bay still has to prove they can get it done against a, an elite defense and a and a, and a top five type of defense. Um, I'm going to go 27-23 Colts. It's a heartbreaker, Rob. That's a heartbreaker. There you go. Good good backup. Uh, good background music. And I, <laughs> and obviously, you know, all your listeners hope I'm wrong. And uh, I see the line's been coming down, though. I mean, yeah. so people think Green Bay's, you know, not only going to. Not only going to cover, but win the game. Um, but but I'm I'm going to go with the Colts for now. Even. All right, Rob. Uh, last question: What are you doing anything for Thanksgiving? <clears throat> oh yeah, we we will definitely do something. Good, I, my man. I, I, good I, to hear. I, I, I will I will not be one of those people that let the government tell me what to do. Rob, love it, buddy. Appreciate your time, <laughs> man. I'm doing something for Thanksgiving too. Couldn't agree more. Good, uh, good, good, good to know, Evo. Maybe, maybe we'll meet up somewhere for a beverage that night. Love it, Rob. Sounds good to me, brother. You have yourself an awesome time. We'll follow you at Rob Reichel and uh, your work at Forbes.com, Robbie. Appreciate it. See, See you, brother. Both. There he is, Rob Reichel. Good stuff there. Minus the uh, saying the Colts are going to win. It's like a ray of sunshine in my dark and dreary life. Our sports director, Zach Heilprin. <laughs> Zach, it's the truth. I'm, I'm man enough to admit it. When I see you, I smile ear to ear. I smile with my heart. I feel horrible for you. Uh, why? Why is that? That puts a smile on your face. Uh, I mean, I even uh, yesterday I sent you a, a DM'd you a funny uh, video about the PlayStation Five, and before I sent it to you, I, th- I said to myself, "Am I here in this relationship with my with Zach Halpern yet? Have I have I made it to this point where I could just randomly send him a stupid funny video?" And I said. I think I've arrived. I four, think I have. Four years in. So feel, I did you feel, it. You feel good about it? And I got the laughing emoji over it. was it. funny. It was a funny one about the PS5. Um, I, I don't want to do this on air, but I'm going to anyways because it's going to deter our chances some more. It's 11 o'clock. Shh. They're the restocking a certain thing yes. at a certain area, a yeah. site that yeah. we tried before of getting a certain uh, video gaming system. Right. So I'm going to be back at it. Yeah, and they're also doing it on Black Friday, too. So, all right, so if we know what we're going to do, soldiers. So, Zach, we were saying oh, on the same history, Malice at the Palace happened in 2004. And you're like, well, let me one-up you guys. Well, it's not one-up you guys, but it's probably more relevant as in Wisconsin. What happened yeah. on the same history? Frank Kaminsky burst out of the scene against, uh, who was it? Was uh, North Dakota, Nelson, you said? I think it was North Dakota. Yeah, North Dakota had a school record 43 points. Went 16 to 19 from the field, six of six from three, five of six from the free throw line. He that was his coming out party, and went on his way to a first yeah. team All Big Ten that and year. Never and looked back. National Player of the Year the following. Yep, season. look at that. North Dakota Kaminsky did it in only 28 minutes, 16 to 19 from the field, and six of six from three point land, and five of six from the free throw line. And they put up over 100 points. Wow. Yeah, that was the year that they like within the first uh, first month of the season they won by. Four, they won by scoring 40 points, 50 points, 60 points, 70 points, 80 points, and I think 100 points. That's insane. That team was so by, electric. Yeah. Um, so, Zach, speaking of Wisconsin basketball, mm-hmm. we finally have the schedule out. Yeah, a week before the season, <laughs> Wisconsin finally releases its, ske- its schedule. It's not complete. They're still missing one non-conference game that Greg Gard said they're trying to add. But, yeah, it starts next week with Eastern Illinois. There's a Wednesday. real barn. Nine o'clock at night. Yeah, that's I, that one caught me off guard too. So I, you know, that's that's the what the night before Thanksgiving. Usually, people go out to the bars and just get blitzed out of their minds. Obviously, not really going to be able to do that this year. 
Um, so we can watch Wisconsin basketball and get blitzed our minds at home. I was going to say, you still get blitzed at home, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. And All I'm right. going to watch responsibly. And then I'm going to watch Wisconsin basketball, hopefully not not off you know, by, yeah. by halftime. Because 9 o'clock, that's a late one. But let's look at the schedule. Eastern Illinois, I have no problem saying I think Wisconsin is going to get a win yeah. uh, right there. For sure. Yeah, then it's Austin Pine Bluff in the second game. <laughs> and then I think that's another win. Yeah, they play. They actually are open – at Marquette, so they're going to be going to Milwaukee and then to uh, coming to Madison. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a it's an interesting schedule. There's some marquee non-conference games. Obviously, playing at Marquette is going to be an interesting one. That one December fourth, and then Louisville getting Louisville in the Big Ten ACC Challenge back at the Kohl Center. It's it's unfortunate because like this is the first time they played Louisville in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. You would think it'd be an awesome environment to have yeah. them coming into the Kohl Center, and and obviously that's not going to be the case, but. Those are, I mean, those are the couple marquee non-conference games, and you jump into the conference You'd say, schedule. Well, well, hang on, you know, Arkansas Pine Bluffs not marquee. It is not. It is not. <laughs> uh, but then you jump into the conference schedule, December twenty-first. They play on Christmas, which I think is going to be the first time in a long time. Or pro- I mean, isn't that reserved perhaps, for NBA? Perhaps ever. Um, I'll have to go back and look. Uh, and then they also play on New Year's Eve yep. as well, which is not the first time they've they've done that before. But it's, uh, yeah, it's been So the night before Thanksgiving they play, mm-hmm. they play on Christmas Day, yep. they play on New Year's Eve. Rowdy, what was your, uh, what was your assumption of those well, scheduled games? Yeah, I think it sounds we know like why. they don't really want people going out and about. I think that, yeah, they don't want guys going home for, for holidays is essentially what it is. Though technically, I mean, you could go home on the 25th, but they play, or I should say that on the 26th, but they play on the next day. So, yeah, so they don't really have a chance to go home, not going to be able to go home on Christmas. Not going to be able to go out for New Year's. Well, I guess I, what time is that New Year's game? It hasn't been. Oh God, this is like eight or nine. It's a late one. Is that game's? Oh, it's TB. I think it's, it's TBA. TBA. Yeah, TB. it, it'll be a late one. Watch right. it be a late one. Though. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think those are obviously designed to to try and keep people at home. Listen, I mean, what it's going to be for every college basketball program uh, out here is your life is going to be eat, sleep, and breathe basketball, and you're not going to be able to do anything else. And it's that's what it has been for football. Football, and what it has been for basketball these last few months, too. They've just been, you know, not a lot of in-person classes and then going to uh, going to practice. Yeah, your life is living in your apartment, doing online classes, and then going to the court and practicing ball. you got to really be committed to the sport of basketball. You do. I, You know what, though? Looking at the schedule for Wisconsin, I'm looking at the end of it because yeah, that's the toughest part. Yeah, I mean the the final, what is it? The final eight games, uh, five of them on the road at Illinois. You have Iowa at home. You go to Purdue. You get Illinois at home, and you go at Iowa. Those are obviously so. They, they mean Illinois picked to win the conference. Iowa picked second, and Wisconsin was third. Michigan State fourth. So those are the top teams. But I, I think and Michigan's got a good recruiting class coming in too. Then Joe Lenardi has ten teams from the Big Ten in his uh, bracket at this point. Well, I mean, is the Big Ten's the best conference in college basketball right now. It was last year, and it probably is again this year. But that's, I mean, 10 teams, that's never happened. No, I mean, that's insane. I don't and think. I, do I you think, do you think it will be 10? <laughs> I don't th- I think what's the... <laughs> I think, no, it's it's up there. Like, they were they were on track to potentially break the record. I think I think the Big East had... Uh, we were talking about it in March, and now I can't remember exactly what it was. Like, the Big East had 10 or 11 teams get in at one point. Yeah. Um, and the Big Ten was threatening to... to break that record last last March. So, Zach, looking at it, I mean, the Big Ten, you, you brought it up because the, uh, the the Big Ten media poll. Yeah. Um, um, Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin was the top, then Michigan State. Yep. So at the end of the schedule for the Badgers, which we're all in agreement, that that's the very tough stretch, you know, the final, what, five? Uh, you said eight. I'll go final five games. But when you look at it. Uh, I, wanted a, to, I wanted to include Illinois in there. 
Yeah, yes, good Illinois. point. Yeah. So from a competitive thing of eyes on the TV and watching quality basketball and nail biting, I mean, you couldn't get any better than just the final three, Illinois, Purdue, uh, at Purdue and at Iowa. Well, if anybody thinks the conference is going to be as good as it is, if, if it ends up being that way, those games at Purdue at or at home against Illinois, at Purdue, at Iowa, they could determine the conference, yeah. uh, especially the, the game at Iowa. I mean, it could come down to the final day. How fun would that be, That uh, being down at Ca- uh, Carver-Hawkeye well, Arena like, and it's potentially playing for a Big Ten title? Just like last year when they right. were down in Bloomington to take on the Hoosiers and it was, came down to the final day. And the score, it, it, I remember Greg Gard on the board doing the math and it added up for four more for you know Howard yeah. Moore. So that yeah. was a very special moment. But just like last year, the Cinderella story at the end, you could get another another nail biting thing down to the the wire. Yeah, but no longer the Cinderella story. Like the, yeah, now right? now all eyes are on you. Right, you're starting in the top ten of the country. You're project, projected so, finish in the top three. Let's just start with the final the final three remaining. I just want to go Illinois, Purdue, Iowa. Uh, hosting Illinois. Illinois is the real deal this year. I mean, they're they're tabbed to win it all. Yeah. Um, what about going against Purdue? How do the I know the Badgers don't fare very well down there. Yeah, but again. There's not going to be fans. Uh, yeah, that's the point. I would. I shouldn't say it. Well, that, we don't know. March I, I March second. I don't think it's going to change by that point. Yeah, but you know, depending on, like, I, there are not going to be West fans. Lafayette, Indiana is not going to be the place where you're you're getting the the vaccine right away. You know what I mean? Like, yes. that's, that's not going to be a high priority. Giving it to basketball players not going to be a high priority. Like, that's it's it's not. Yeah. Still, if you're a Wisconsin Badger fans, I think you would love to be playing at Carver-Hawkeye Arena for a Big Ten championship in the last yeah, game. Yeah, last game. Of course, seven. whether there's fans there or not. No, it's going to be awesome. But, like, playing at Purdue, playing at some of these places, at Michigan State, at Purdue, uh, at Indiana, at Iowa, all these places that are usually very, very difficult to play at, will they be? No. No, but also the same thing goes at Wisconsin. Though I think we all know that the Kohl Center, for the most part, is not as raucous as it once was. Still but got a for, lot of magic but, there. But for big games, and we think back to the 2014-2015 season, a majority of their games were it was really exciting because the team was really good. This yeah. team is is projected to be really good, and so I think there probably would be a lot of excitement in the Kohl Center this year. But um, I think the trade off is not having to play at places that are you've not traditionally done well at Michigan State. Being the the main one, yeah, it's without fans, be so weird. No fans in the stands. Have you heard of anything when it comes to COVID nineteen with uh, NCAA basketball? Like, are they gonna like? I don't like. Are they gonna make games up if something gets canceled? Have you heard of anything? Well, the Big Ten built uh, some buys into the final uh, portion of the schedule. If you if you look, like there's yeah, like, there's there's a lot of time off there for yeah. Uh, like the, the final two is five days off, and you got you another six, six days off. You got six days between Northwestern and Illinois. You got five days between Purdue and Iowa. So they, they've built that in in case they do have to have cancellations. The only thing the NCAA has done is already said that they're moving the tournament to yeah, one site, or Indy as you say, to, to, to one city, Indy, and the surrounding area around Indy. Maybe Indy will get the vaccine first because we got all the <laughs> – March Madness is like, we cannot afford to lose another tournament. And that's why – Give us the vaccine. That's why they're doing this. I mean, that's, that, that is the only reason why. Like, if, if they had not missed out last year, I don't know if they necessarily move it into a bubble, but they can't miss out on that – those billions of dollars again. Yeah. Um, real quick, Zach, I, I'm, could you could you come back in tomorrow sure. as tomorrow yeah, as well? Yeah, we'll talk a little football. Yeah, I, I do want to talk a little football right now, but not specifically the Badgers. It, it ties into it, though. I saw that Maryland and Michigan State's canceled. <laughs> yeah, unfortunate. So if the Badgers have one more game canceled through no fault of their own, mm-hmm. they're no longer eligible to play for the Big Ten title game, correct? Correct. But – Yeah, go ahead. No, you, please, you're smarter than me. So I went – 
after I saw this, I went and did the math on it a little bit because the the number of the Big Ten put out teams have to play at least six games unless the average number of games played by everyone drops below six. Yes. Right now, there have been four canceled games, but everything around it, it means the average number of games right now is 7.42. Mm-hmm. And the Big Ten is rounding down. So essentially, it's the average number of games played is at seven. It has to, we need, there need to be seven more cancellations to drop below the threshold. The threshold to get to the six games. Yes. And when you read that, reach that six games, then you, you know, you can play as few as four and still get in the title game. Does that so, make sense? It, no, it does. I mean, so if anything, and not to sound callous, but if anything, canceled games at other programs are helping the Badgers. Yes. Michigan, Maryland losing out on games, two games. Yeah, that's helping Wisconsin. And I don't want anyone to complain. Oh, they're, they're, waiting, they're rooting for COVID-19. We're not doing that. We're just saying if the situation keeps happening, and not to the Badgers, it helps the Badgers. Well, if you think about it, they've had four cancellations, and this is week five. Yeah. There's only three weeks left. <laughs> are they going to get to? Are they going to get another seven cancellations? Probably not. Yeah. So it's going to be, you know, it's going mean, to be relevant. Knock on wood. We'll see what happens. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, look, I, I'm talking about conference wide. Are you yeah. going to have seven more games canceled conference wide? I wouldn't think so. I don't think so. But you never know, especially yeah. with, especially because the students at all these campuses are either not there right now or going home at Thanksgiving and not coming back. Yeah, because they're not they're staying home to do online. It's online. I believe right? I yeah. believe it is. I think you're for right the most that. case at most of these universities they they put it so you're not coming back. All right, S- since it's 2020, they'll probably have six more games canceled, and it would be their final game. <laughs> right, yeah, it'd be something just they could they just get, be like, get oh, all, God. They get to six where the average gets to like six point five <laughs> one, and uh, and it, it you know. Rounds up. Uh, I just, Sorry, sitting at seven instead of rounding down to six. But I miss the before time so much. All right, so Zach, before I let you go, um, I don't know if you have you heard of anything when it comes to the Bucks on the Bogdanovich, the the Bogdan Bogdanovich. Is it going to happen or not going to happen? Are they tamp- trying to save face from tampering, or does the dude really want to go elsewhere in free agency? Well, Brian, you saw what Brian Windhorst said, right? I did, but then I also saw what other people are saying. Well, Brian Windhorst said that he's talked to Giannis and he wants to play here. So, I mean, I would take that as. It's good that, he, that he wants to do it. Now, whether it happens or not, I don't know, because they are dealing with the tampering aspect of it. Yeah. And uh, that was so stupid on their part, both the Kings and their part. Well, like, why, why would that even – I mean, Well, I, has the Bucks ever – have anyone said anything besides Adrian Wojnarowski Confirmed it? it? Confirmed it? Yeah. No, but, but they're, they're going to get – they're a deal, If there's a deal in play – yeah, exactly. They're busted. Yes, because of what – yeah, they should not have done it. I mean, teams always do it, but the thing is they don't get caught doing it. Right. And there, there were – Increased th- uh, penalties yeah. for tampering in, in recent years, and league executives up in arms. Oh, all you, know over the place. And, you know who was up in arms? Miami, uh, yeah. Dallas, some of the places that think that they're going to get Giannis Antetokounmpo. Of course they are, and they're they, they're they, tampering in their own way. If you think yes, that's they, the right they guy? Tampered, they've tampered with Giannis all the time. I know. If you think that's the right guy? You make the moves, pay the stupid fines. Well, that's what they did. Who? Uh, didn't who had to pay a fifty thousand dollars? Magic Johnson because he said about he, he he all he, he complimented Giannis saying he's going to win an MVP and he's going to win bring a championship to Milwaukee and they're like tampering fine yeah. fifty thousand yeah so I mean if if they do that for that it's going to be a significant fine if they end up going through with this I say go through I say go through with it too so it you, makes, your it gut's makes, telling it, you that he's that Bogdanovich is my gut is not saying anything I have no I have no clue my gut saying Bogdanovich when it, is when it comes to the NBA zero clue you What's know I love her thousand dollars to a 
organization worth a billion. Yeah, it's not, especially when it's going to potentially keep a guy who's bringing a ton of money into your uh, franchise every single year. For an example, for me, here's my penny. <laughs> right. I would do anything. Congra- Good job, Nelson. I would do anything to save the career. Oh, you're giving it to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. for my tampering. That's just Penny. Oh. I would do anything to save the career of Ursan Ilyasova for the Milwaukee Bucks. I love the Turkish Thunder, but listen, I I, I see the writing on the wall. Ursanity is going to Sacramento. You, you need you need Bogdan. Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. It's like the name's so nice, we put it twice with an <laughs> Ovich at the end. <laughs> Zach, we appreciate your time, man. Yes, sir. And as you, uh, I mean. Once you leave, the dark and dreary rain clouds Comes are going to come back over me. I feel you. We'll talk to you tomorrow, though. All right, man. And the beacon of hope will shine again.